You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Inside Access with Jason Lockonfora and Ken Wyman. Sponsored by Stevenson University Online. 1057 The Fan. I can tell you right now, nobody's got it better than the Ravens. That was a great win. You know, in December football, you got to find a way to win the game, and I'm proud of our team. I'm proud of every single guy. I'm proud of every single guy in that room there. Lamar uh, has a, uh, it's just a knee, but it's not a season-ending type of knee. You know, days to weeks, we'll see. We'll see if he can go back this week. If not, it'll be sometime after that shortly. Patrick Queen had a thigh bruise, okay? That's, the x-rays were negative, so that was very good news for us. There's no big narratives, okay? So the big narrative question, they're, they're irrelevant. What, what matters is the next game and trying to find a way to win it. That was John Harbaugh after the game. An ugly, hard-fought 10-9 win over the Denver Broncos who did not get the football inside the red zone the whole game. And he discussed the injuries. Lamar Jackson, probably week to week. I would not expect him to play Sunday. I would not expect him to play the following Sunday. They did sign Brett Hundley because they need a third arm for practice. And I did see on Instagram today, thank you to Jonas Schaefer, who will be joining us later, The uh, some of the Ravens players gave Patrick Queen an Oscar for getting carted off the field yesterday. Yes. So that tells me he's probably better than we thought. Uh, is The thigh bruise must have really hurt at the time, but... The Lamar Jackson of it all, Jason. They win. They did. It was not pretty. And uh, the other thing is, with Cincinnati now winning the three in a row, and we, th- I thought they'd lose two of their last three, and they won them all. It seems like even though they're tied, and the Ravens currently hold the tiebreaker, I feel like these teams are going in different directions. Well, they are. Um, yeah, uh, they are. Uh, look, first we'll we'll decode. Uh, the skipper, decode uh, Harbs. Harbs. Anytime he says days to weeks, I'm taking the over. That's weeks plural. That's code for uh, yeah, maybe Atlanta. Um, it was all in the same like sentence. Those days, weeks. He might have a shot playing Sunday against Pittsburgh. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I, I will bet the over nah. on weeks and the. Uh, I, I, I yeah, I would I would fade the idea that he's going to practice it all this week or face the Steelers. They'll give every rep they can to Snoop, and that'll be that. And that might be that for another week or two after that. And and we'll find out more um, as they get a fuller picture with, with you know, all the, the MRIs and the second opinions and all that stuff. Um, he's as frustrated with the run game as anybody, which is evident in the response to Jeff Zerbeck's question. Sure. And, and you could sort of slough it off as sort of a narrative or somebody reaching – to make some all-encompassing point when Harbs is saying, "Well, it's really only about this game," but like, it's it's been going on for a while now. It's it's really been going on the last four games they've played. Um, you know, even the Saints game, the numbers look pretty good. You go, you watch that game, you compare it to what a robust Ravens rush game looks like, running outside stuff out of the pistol and picking up chunk yards. There wasn't there wasn't a whole lot of that going on against the Saints, and the reality is they're struggling to find a hot hand. There really isn't one. I mean, there's there's opportunity for all, but but 
no one's really grasping it. And and Gus is not Gus does not look like the Gus before he got hurt again. No, he and didn't. well, there are no holes either. You know, I think we Kenyon Drake, it kind of is what it is. And they've got massive issues on the offensive side of the ball. And I don't know about you guys, but even defensively, they give up points at the end of the half. Yep. And if there's if Denver starts that drive with 40 seconds instead of 33, I'm fully convinced that dude's getting a 50-yard attempt. Yeah. And it might be lights out. It's like the defense is too soft there. They, they, they give up these huge chunk plays. The They're stuff at the end of halves and the end of the game. Yeah. I mean, now, again, at this point in time, and, and we could quibble as to whether the offense should have run even more time off, but the reality was if, if, that, if there's 8 to 10 more seconds on the clock, I think they lose that football game. I think what was most and I feel like I'm nitpicking here. Defensively, they still gave up 271 total yards, yep. uh, nine points, kept the team out of the end zone, and they did what they were supposed to do, going against the worst offensive football. I think something that surprised me a bit, Russ was solid yesterday, and he was hitting some chunk plays. Jerry Judy had that 40-yarder. Yep. Dulcich had a very good game well, against they, the they Ravens. They can't cover tight ends. And, and Russ, as you mentioned, Jason, had that 17-yard scramble on that last drive there. But defensively, it's going to be a topic until it's not. That was not slamming the door shut. That was survival at the end. Because, And, Ken, you meant the last play or second to last play, there were two guys on the line of scrimmage. They weren't rushing. And all of the guys were playing probably 15 well, or 20 two yards Two at the snap the- and one guy went back. Yes. Yeah. All of the guys were playing... 20 yards off the ball, it was your, you were conceding yards there. It it, it was puzzling yeah, how they I, were playing. That I, and, and again, this is this is more on the scheme. Their decision-making late in games, late in halves, and we saw it last last week against, ten, uh, against Jacksonville where they let Christian Kirk get an easy 16 on third and 21. It seems similar yeah. at the end of this game yesterday, and you're absolutely right, Jason. If there was more time, they probably lose this game. Fortunately for them, there wasn't more time, and he couldn't hit. And McManus couldn't hit a 63-yard field goal, and the Ravens come away with what is just a, one of the ugliest football games you'll ever see, but a win. I predicted two total offensive touchdowns in the game, and you I did. was I was completely wrong. There was only one, uh, and it came with less than uh, yeah. a minute yeah. left in the game. Yes. Um, You know, look, they don't have guys who are going to separate. They don't have playmakers on offense except for the tight end. That part of it sort of is what it is. And then Lamar Jackson goes down. And he's their only dynamic offensive player. Once he goes down. Yeah, you're in trouble. And and for this kid to come in cold, I mean, literally, I don't think he got more than like one or two warm-up throws, if that. Right after the sack and Lamar's going off and it's a sort of scramble drill. Well, no, no, no. They, I think they punted after that. So they, it was the offensive series and then he comes on. He comes no, on next. He year. came yeah. in with third and forever and threw a jump ball. Did he? Yeah. Hmm. With almost no warm up throws. And then they punted. Yeah, third and thirteen. Yeah, oh, he threw, he threw the sideline pass and it was just like get it out of like it, it was a scramble drill just to get it off. Uh, and for him to settle into a point where he leads a, a game winning drive. Like they they needed what he could do with his legs. I mean, they needed every they needed the quarterback to do more than just throw the football. Yeah, and and that's who they are. That is who they are. And you brought up the tight end thing, and we've been saying, hey, 
we got fired up about this defense at various points in times, but let, it takes two to tango, right? And let's look at who they're coming up against. This is this like this, I'm not going to say Greg Dolchich is anything special. He's played seven games in the league. Like mm. he looks pretty athletic. He's the closest thing they face to a real tight end. They get fire me in a this month, Sunday. and then you get Njoku after that, yeah. who was shredding them. Now I get it, Roquan wasn't in that game, this or that, but like. If you gave up a two and a five to rent this guy, you still can't cover tight ends. Then you got a problem. Hey, huge Monday show. We'll be going over this game backwards and forwards and up and down. An ugly 10-9 to win over the Denver Broncos. Guess-wise, our buddy Jonas Schaefer, Baltimore Sun, joins at 3.30. And happy hour with Bobby DePaul at 5 o'clock. Yeah, well, look, it's primarily a football show, as you would expect. but uh, Both American and international. Yeah, we will talk some soccer, the U.S. men's national program. Obviously, their World Cup is over. Where do they go from here? Uh, you were out at uh, the Terps on Friday. Yes. We all watched. That looked pretty awesome. Uh, signature moments already for Willard, and they're getting a lot of national attention, and rightfully so. Also, we now know where the Terps will be playing uh, their final football game of the season. And the O's are making moves, and yeah. like, let's let this whole thing play out before we start going crazy about how good Kyle Gibson is or isn't, or what Kyle Gibson really even is in this rotation. Because like, we're moments into this offseason. like yes. this thing we're we're it hasn't even really started yet. Coming up next here on the program, it's a win, so it's time for game balls. Right, this was a this was a toughie, but we'll give you ours next here on the fan. Inside access on the fan. Two are on Twitter. And Ken is borderline creepy on the gram. Good news. I found your Instagram. Did you see the 90 photos I liked in a row last night at 2 a.m.? Inside access. 1057 The Fan. Wow! Wow! Let's give Steve credit. I mean, he led a, a game winning drive at the end there uh, from what, the nine yard line? Was it? Okay, that's uh, that's pretty remarkable. That's pretty great. So, um, hats off to uh, to our guys for doing that. That was John Harbaugh after the game. Tyler Huntley leading the 91-yard touchdown drive, the longest touchdown drive of the year by the Ravens, 91 yards. Huntley led them to victory, and we'll start here. Game balls. I, I, he threw a horrible interception early, but I'm giving Tyler Huntley a game ball to come in there and lead that drive and win that game. Tyler Huntley, I mean, again, this was – we only do them after victories, and I feel like there's some losses where I could have come up with more game balls yes. than this victory. Yeah. I uh, think I could have come up with more game balls against Jacksonville than I could in this game. Yes. Um, I gave one to Huntley. Dude, he threw the ball for 30 times, coming in cold, and only five times did it not land in a Ravens' hands. Now, I get it. The scope of the offense was very limited. I mean, you're talking about wide receivers averaging about five yards of catches. A 17 team. catches for 94 yeah. yards by wide receivers. Yeah. So, but like, again, it's just about finding a way to win this game under averse conditions. He did it with his legs. He was accurate. You, you mentioned the one interception. He'd want that back. Sure. But the other interception was thrown by a wide receiver. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, Don't get me started on that. He protected the football, he made some plays with his legs. That's an elite secondary. That's an elite passing defense. I don't think they were scoring more than 17, 13 points with Lamar. So, yes, Tyler Huntley did what you could best hope for 
a backup quarterback to do, especially against a stout defensive opponent, which is don't bleep it up. And if you find a way to win the game, that would be awesome. And he did. And everyone says that, oh, when Lamar goes down, the Ravens don't have to drastically change their offense. And while that's true, this is still a much different offense. And oh, you yeah. look at the snap counts, Ricard played a lot less. Josh Oliver played a lot less. The Ravens were in a lot more spread. And he's more of a rhythm passer. He's more of a decisive catch, you know, go yes. passing quarterback as opposed to Lamar. Even going back to last year, guys, when he was the starter, when Lamar was done for the year... They didn't take a ton of shots with him. I mean, that's kind nah, of who he did this, not throw the ball down the field. Yeah, that, that's kind of who this offense is with Tyler Huntley. But uh, like you guys say, coming in against one of the best defenses in football, very accurate day. The interception was terrible, but outside of that, very solid. He absolutely deserves a game ball. Longest drive of the season, most plays in yeah. the drive on the season. So we all have Huntley. I'll, I'll go again. I thought Roquan Smith was everywhere yesterday. I gave him a game ball. Yeah, I mean, somebody in that front seven had to get one, and I I thought a little bit about Matt Abike and some others, but I gave it to Roquan Smith. Um, It did feel like he was all over the place. When they needed a big tackle, he was there. They completely shut down Denver's run game. Not that that was totally unexpected because Denver's run game hasn't been great, and we know Denver doesn't push the ball downfield, so you shouldn't be able to stop the run. But they did it. They did the job. He continues to look the part. Again, I'll be real interested to see these tight end matchups moving forward when they face teams that run it more through tight ends and teams that can feature a tight end in the downfield passing game more. But, uh, yeah, on a day where Patrick Queen couldn't finish the game, I gave one to Roquan Smith. We are all simpatico there. I I thought that was Roquan Smith's best game, personally. I thought he was all over the field. Yes, as a Raven. As a Raven. He was all over the field, had those two tackles for a loss, and... With Queen going down, him having to step up and kind of fill that void the rest of the way. And Broncos did get some rushing success early on that opening drive, and then the Ravens were able to calm that down. Latavius Murray didn't do anything. Uh, I have one more. So do I. And it's Jordan Stout. Jordan Stout averaged 50 yards a punt, six punts, can help control field position. You can make the argument that some of them are rollers. Oh, he got got a little help, but hey. Yeah, he got the job done. And when you win a game 10 to 9, you need field position. He helped the Ravens with field position. Yeah, I got Jordan Stout slash coverage units. Three down inside the 20 was huge. It was a field position game. Is Russ Wilson and that group going to march 80 yards plus with any regularity on this offense? To get touchdowns. Probably not. And the rookie punter had uh, certainly plenty to do with that. And again, I think you also have to note, you know, some of their gunners, people they have who help with those coverage units. But, yeah, that's just the game it was. I He had a punt, what, six times? Six times. So I An gave, I gave where we are simpatico, GG. I had one more as well, going in a different direction. Did you have him or no? No, I did not. Look, you can easily have Stout for sure, but maybe I'm reaching here a bit, but it was an ugly game. I think Mark Andrews, um, four catches, 53 yards, but when you factor in that final drive where the quarterback sneak, he was stuffing initially, second effort he got there. He also got a big pass interference. Pass interference on Sertain. He also... Not that this was his doing, was a part of the unnecessary roughness, the helmet to helmet on that last drive. So he had a lot of yardage there and to to go along with the four. They they didn't have any chunk plays. And Andrews was involved in the one play over twenty yards. So not his standout Mark Andrews day, but he definitely played a big factor in that win.
Yeah, I, I just feel like once Lamar goes out, it just sort of, is it fair to say, simplifies the offense? Like, I saw him throw one deep ball to Deshaun Jackson that wasn't close, and I mean by him, Tyler Huntley. Yeah. And by, beyond that, he was not looking down the football field at all. No, and I don't think they were separating no, even if he no. really wanted to. Like, that's a good secondary. They're very sticky. These this, these guys are not – they got the worst, second-worst wide receiving room in the league. Like, it is what it wasn't going to be a whole lot of there, and the risk-reward is probably not worth it. We're going to get more into the running game later on in the show, but I wanted to touch on this. Offensive line, what's the concern level now? Ever since the bye week, I, I just feel like – They've been dominated in the trenches. They came into this week. Broncos trade away Chubb. They've been getting no pass rush. What was it? Four sacks in the three or four games. They have four sacks in this game. Two in the first quarter with Lamar Jackson. And the running backs haven't been doing their part for sure. But yeah. the offensive line's getting no push there either, guys. No, they're not. And, no, they've, and got, they've got – look, they, they've got – the entire offense is a problem right now. Like, that, I don't know any other way it's to put broken. it. It's broken. They don't. They have nothing to bank on other than – on third and whatever, the quarterback might be able to run around and keep the drive going. Like That's their offense right now. And I'll right tell now. you this, and Tyler Huntley cannot – he's incredibly mobile, but Lamar Jackson's a freak. Yeah. Like, yeah, no there one's. was a play where Huntley ran for – he went from one side of the field to the other and got three yards – where a healthy Lamar Jackson, I think, beats the defender to the spot and probably goes for 25. He might score. But Tyler Huntley just isn't as fast as Lamar Jackson. No. Or as nimble. Yeah. Or he doesn't have the, the, the arsenal of moves. He's more, to me, he doesn't have the wiggle. He's more of a straight-line guy. Um, Lamar is is like a, like a, a, a ballet like star. I don't know what a, a male ballet dance, but like... What he can do, what he can do in the air, you know what I mean? Spin moves, yeah. I see what you. I feel you. I know what you're trying to say. Thank you. Tim doesn't, but he's young. He doesn't. I don't don't get anything. Yeah, he he doesn't know. (laughs) Hey, you know what Tim did get? He got a one-on-one sit down with Tyus Bowser. How about that? I think it was a stand-up. I think they they got chairs and everything. But Tyus Bowser, T-Bone, one-on-one. We hear that next. Exclusive. Jason and Tim sit in the bleachers. Ken sits in his brother's seats behind home plate. Inside Access, 1057 The Fan. That I hope he misses it. Simple <laughs> as that. Um, it looked like a tough kick, and luckily it was short, so happy that happy that, that result happened to give us the win. Tyus Bowser talking about the uh, McManus 63-yard field goal attempt as time expired. And I'm sure that, hey, 63-yard, that guy's got a big leg. Obviously, the ball goes a little further in Denver. But I'm sure it was a little bit of trepidation on the sidelines when he lined up for that kick. I mean, it was dead on. Just ran out of steam. It was the same exact situation as Jacksonville, right? Where both kicks were dead on. Both came up, what, a couple yards short there? I mean, when it initially went up, you're thinking, oh. And then, of course, Phil Short. This is part uh, part of uh, Tim Barbalace's sit-down, T-Bone sit-down, with uh, Tyus Bowser after the game yesterday. Bowser Ty- in the bone. <laughs> Bowser in the bone, one-on-one. Be a hell of a podcast. Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, let's hear more. Everything goes well with the bone. Yeah. Yes, it does. Yeah. That, that is true. Uh, more from Tyus Bowser, and if the defense thought they had to take over after Lamar went down. No, we just we always had the mindset that whenever we go on the field, we're just going to take care of business. And all we can't control is what we do on the field. So, you know, 
offense, you know, they're going to they gonna do what they have to. But as far as the defense, we got to do what we got to do to make sure that they don't get in the end zone to get any points. So defense did a great job of, you know, taking care of our job, doing our job and going out there and putting ourselves, putting the offense in a great position to go out there and score. I'll say this, it's great. It's been great to have him back on the field. He's not he's never going to be flashy, but he's always going to be seemingly in the right position and he always makes plays. He's their Swiss Army knife and they missed him a lot and really ever since his second game that he came back, what was his first game against the Saints, he's been playing a good amount of snaps, over 60%, 70% of the snaps and you can just use him in so many different roles. We know that he's great in coverage. He can set the edge, he can get after the passer. I mean, yes, I mean, him getting back is such a big boost to that edge uh, rotation. Good football player. Yes. Does a little bit of everything. Smart football Winning player. football player. Yes, winning football. I'd agree with that sentiment. It's a Harbsism. Yeah, I guess it is. Speaking of which, he just started talking. When he updates us on Lamar Jackson, I will let you know. More from Tyus Bowser, if they relish low-scoring games. I mean, I'd much rather score, but, you know, as a defense, it's always about stopping you know, the offense. If they don't score, they don't win. So um, that's always been our mindset. And we go out there each and every series to make sure that they don't score. I would say that there's some stuff uh, that they'd love to clean up, I'm sure, because uh, Dulcich had 85 yards and there was a 40-yard pass to Judy. But they didn't let the Broncos get in the red zone yesterday, Jason. That's a big deal. Well, and again, it goes back to our game balls, right? And look at the average field position. Three punts that they start inside their 20. Um the Ravens were playing a pretty conservative approach as well. And and if you make an offense that bad, have to move 50 yards to even get in field goal range, you're probably going to you're gonna have a pretty good day as long as you keep stuff in front of you. We'll hear it out of his mouth later, but according to uh, Harbaugh, who's speaking right now to the media, Lamar Jackson is, quote, week to week with a knee injury. Said Jackson is less likely to play this week. Yeah, he's not playing. Uh, he's not playing for at least two weeks. That's my interpretation of that. And it kind of goes back to the first question in the interview. As a defense, you you have to take that on, right? Not having your MVP quarterback where you can't let these guys get in the end zone more than a couple of times to have a shot at winning. And even with Lamar, you go back to that Carolina game, you won that 13-3. to With how the offense is playing right now, the defense has to play to their pay grade. They have a ton of money invested in draft capital invested. More from Tyus Bowser if he feels the defense is starting to peak. I feel so. I feel so. Just with how we're gelling so well as far as the defense, our chemistry, uh, we're just taking it a day at a time, a play at a time, and we're just going out there and doing our job. We're connecting. We're making sure that we're communicating and doing what we have to to help ourselves win the game. So that's just always been our mindset. I'll say this. The addition of Roquan Smith, getting Tyus back, it uh, looks like they dodged a bullet on Patrick Queen. They looks like they dodged a bullet on Kyle Hamilton. The defense is starting to play better football. And Marcus Williams, yes. who should maybe, be back next, this week. Yeah, this is the last week of the 21-day window, and now he doesn't have to play. Right. Like seen, we saw with David yes. Ajabo, but you would think that his return is in the coming week or so. Yeah, I, I don't know that just because the window opens means that we see him, but... He said certainly last- they could use I feel like the longer they've gone without him mm-hmm. and again they have not faced murderers row for the most part in terms of downfield passing teams but I found myself in that Jacksonville game thinking Marcus instead of Geno Stone and or Chuck yeah. Clark here would probably be a would probably be a really good thing yes. and, I, and especially when you're watching some of the late stuff to the tight end I'm thinking boy 
you know, if they had a $16 million free safety on the field right now, it might make a difference. So, yeah, they that that should be a big addition. And a reminder from what Harbaugh said on Friday, he declared both Dobbins and Williams out for the game yesterday, but said, quote, it's going to be a conversation for next week. More from Tyus Bowser on how he feels physically. I feel good, man. It's it's just nice to be back on the field, not having to think about it, and just going out there and playing. So um, just happy to be back in this position playing again and just trying to get myself in that groove that I've always been in and just, just embracing these moments of playing because you just never know. He looks like the Tyus Bowser we've always seen at this point, I think. You're like he's Again, he's not going to overwhelm you with flash, but he gets the job done. Yeah. Look, I, he, he understands the game from, from multiple positions. And he a lot is asked of him. And they've been a better defense since he's come back, and they've been a much better defense since linebacker went from a position of considerable attrition yeah. and how can they try to think they can get through a month with this group, let alone a season, to now one that has depth and seemingly more depth on the way. Yeah, and it's been less than a year since that injury took place. It was the yeah. last regular season game against the Steelers. So for him to make that recovery and – and Achilles is no joke, no. man, especially when you're talking about an edge rush position where you're pushing off right there. So the fact that he is performing at this level and playing as many snaps as he has been is a testament to the work that he put in rehab-wise. One other note from Harbaugh. He said Patrick Queen told uh, Harbaugh not to bring out the card after his thigh bruise, but the quote, the play was like a car wreck. He got hit by friendly fire. Justin Matabike oh, hit, hit, hit him hard in the thigh. Harbaugh said, quote, he's going to be okay. So, again, looks like they dodged a bullet there. More from Tyus Bowser, his sit-down with T-Bone on the pass rush being better this year. I mean, we've always had the guys. It's just, yeah. you know, people just see the outside thing and don't understand what we do as a as a collective, that we actually go out there and we're getting to the quarterback. I mean, you just got to understand certain defense, certain schemes that, you know, they, I feel like teams respect our defense and in certain situations, they don't want to, they don't want to get us in a pass rush. So sometimes you don't never see those results or those stats on the paper, but we go out there and we try to be disruptive, do whatever we can to get to the quarterback or try to get ourselves off the field. I appreciate his confidence in, in the group, but this is a much better pass rush than it was when the season began. And he's right. Pressures, you don't see that on a ESPN and NFL.com box score. They weren't getting pressure last year, and no. they weren't getting sacks either. So now it, it, it's been a 180, Jason. Yeah, Um they have the capacity to get after the passer. I am kind of interested to see, though, like, do they ever get, like, two guys going at once? Like, mm, Justin yeah. Houston's off his heater now, right? I mean, yeah. Oway popped up for the first time in forever. Pierre Paul's on more of a pitch count than he was a month ago. We don't know what the Ajabo thing looks like yet. I don't feel like, for the most part, especially because when Houston was dominating, he was playing what, 33% yeah, yeah. of the snaps, where you've gone through a game saying they're getting like both, they're getting off on both sides. Agreed. Yeah, and, and you, you wonder with older guys, like you, you said it, you said he had the heater. Now that he's off the heater, does he get that back at any point? I'll tell you what, Calais Campbell came really close to a sack, which would have been the 100th yep. of his career. Uh, I'm sure he's itching to get that one out of the way. Hey, coming up next, there's football being played in Qatar. It's the uh, football type. U.S. is done in the World Cup. We'll get Jason's thoughts on that. Soccer next here on The Fan. Inside Access. Field at Patterson Park. Pulisic! 
to the hallowed turf at Wembley Stadium. Inside access to the beautiful game. 1057 The Fan. I'm really proud. I mean, when you think about this group, how they've come together over the last three and a half years, it's really special to see. You don't often get a bond like that between the teammates and, um, and the staff and everyone. So really proud of this group, um, but bitterly disappointed in the results of that. That is Jason's favorite person, Greg Berhalter, talking about how proud he is of this team. The World Cup run is over for the United States of America. They lose 3-1 to the Netherlands on Saturday. They were down 2 nothing. They missed an opportunity early as Pulisic had a chance on yep. a goal and, and it didn't put the put the. I guess he didn't hit it right. But it's on his left foot, not yeah. his right. But you know, he, he put it on frame. The keeper had to make a save, but no, it was not the most well uh, well touched finish in the world. So they go down two nothing. They cut it to two one, but then the Netherlands gets the another goal, and make it three one. That was the final. Your thoughts on that match? Well, my my prevailing thoughts is I, I hope this is the last time we have talked about Greg Berhalter on this show. Um, whether U.S. soccer has the you know the ability, the wherewithal to do the right thing and simply walk away from him, or he wants to go off to other challenges and you know think he can coach in Europe or whatever he thinks is next for him that this four years is more than enough um they they met you know i think what has become the expectation which is get out of the group but they they didn't advance they they didn't go well beyond expectations um and the tournament was kind of what i expected it to be um they have enough talent and they're good enough to beat teams that comparable to them but they're not ready to take a jump up in class. Now, do I think they have the talent to do it? Yes. Managed by this ham-handed fool? No chance. Uh, and, and and really, it was very telling some of the remarks from Louis van Gaal, the manager of, of the Netherlands, who who basically confessed that like they, they essentially played a rope-a-dope style. It was almost sort of like old-school Muhammad Ali. I'm going to sit back. I'm going to let you try to hit me a bunch of different ways. I'm going to feign then I'm going to hit you with a counter and I'm going to knock your ass out. And that's essentially what happened. Like, you know, he knew that Greg would get all caught up in the idea of possessing the ball and winning possession and dominating the midfield. So the Dutch basically, in essence, said you can have the ball between the 18-yard boxes, right? So the top of either goal box. Like, you can knock it around in there all you want, but we know you don't have a true number nine. We've talked about this for a long a true time on this nine show. Is what? Is a is a target man forward, a poacher, a finisher, someone with size who can win balls in the air, who can who can pull other defenders around with him, almost like a power forward, who can box people up and lean on them, right? And hold them off to collect the ball with his with his back to goal and then turn and fire, who can meet across with his head and finish it clinically. They have some dudes who could do some of that. He chose not to bring them because they're not in his little boys club. So with what he brought there, they had a huge lack of someone who could do that. And the Dutch knew it. And we talked about during the Iran game how much those wingbacks were overlapping. Right? Serginho Dest and, and Robinson and how they were being activated essentially as fourth and fifth wingers. And But but they're not the best crossers. And who are we crossing it to? If you watch that match, even as a novice, how many times would you see five orange jerseys in the in the Dutch box and maybe one or two Americans? You're not going to win that numbers game. So Van Gaal basically said, do all that you want. You're not clinical crossers, and your fake number nine, Ferrer, is a nobody who ain't finishing in a million years. So when he 
drifts into the midfield to try to pull our center backs back, we're not going with him because he can't do anything in possession there. And he also can't finish. So you do all that, and then we're going to hit you a couple times when your outside defenders are acting as 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 attacking midfielders, and we're going to play the ball into the space left behind by them, and then it's one pass and finish. That's both goals. And the second goal was lights out. That is so naive to give up a goal there off a throw-in. That can't happen, and that's on the coach. And also, if you don't have a number nine, then whoever's taking your free kicks needs to take some short to pull somebody out of the box to then chip it in. It's basic GD numbers. Basic, and this hey, fool let, let kept s- just having them deliver boxes, balls into the box in the air with no number nine, and not the sufficient numbers to win the ball. It was a road to nowhere, and he never adjusted. Two things. I need you to explain it to people that aren't soccer experts like I'm you trying. Are. But like like number nine. I just told you what I know, number nine but is. They, but but I, there are people listening might not know. I just know. did it 30 seconds I, ago. I know, but they might have just tuned in. So, like, explain it for soccer novices. I know you're very up on soccer, but people who don't know, I, number nine. I just did. I know, but in this just, segment, I get that. But you got for the you, person who just turned on the radio. <laughs> yes, correct. They you don't should know have what turned it on 45 seconds ago. <laughs> Listen all the time. He got the tactics wrong. This was a game that screamed out for individual creativity if you don't have a number nine. Someone who could create off the dribble and then quickly deliver the ball to someone else running through a channel. That person's Gio Reyna and Brandon Aronson. The three of the four most attacking-minded creative players barely saw the pitch the entire tournament. Luca Delatore, Brandon Aronson, and Gio Reyna. That's, that's a fireable offense. And the people he played at their expense really had nothing to offer, but he likes them and they work hard and they tell him how great he is. Like three players have come forward to say how much they like this guy. It's like three guys who would have only made the team because they're his boys. So where does the program go from here, Jason? Burholter, when do they need to make a decision on that? How much different is this roster going to look like four years from now? You said that they have the pieces. Are they trending in the right direction? From a talent standpoint, yes, but if the U.S. Soccer Federation is going to force managers to live in Chicago, if they're going to hire people who have the right name or who, who coach the right MLS team, who have, you know, who, who know the secret handshakes, who are part of their nepotism and cronyism, if they're not willing to go outside that bubble, and if and they've been sitting on a kitty of hundreds of million dollars, like if you don't want to pay world-class manager prices, then you won't get a world-class manager. So if you want to keep running your sham inside job to stuff money in your pockets and give bobos rewards for being, you know, uh, um, yes-men puppets, then we'll keep getting to the knockout stage and losing. But they need someone... Of immense experience at the club and international level and 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 at in Europe or South America to try to take the program to the next level. To figure out a way, it's not rocket science, to get Reyna and Pulisic on the field at the same time. Especially if you don't have a real target forward, then just move Timmy Way into that spot and it's Pulisic on one side and Reyna on the other. Like, it's not rocket science. He finally did it. When they're down two goals with 45 minutes to play in, in, in the in the World Cup campaign. I want to ask you a question as a soccer novice, and I, I watched the whole match. Uh, it seemed like but when when U.S. tried to advance the ball in, in, in the Netherlands zone, that Holland had more guys on the, 
on the field than like the U.S. There were constantly two guys. What's well, I'm saying? It was sort of a rope and dope style. It's like we're, we we we've got three midfielders who we think can handle your midfield, and we'll let you keep activating those outside defenders and making them midfielders because again, we don't think they can deliver the ball they have to deliver, and we don't think you have anybody to finish with their head or do anything with a cross in the air anyway. And and they withstood that. They let the Americans kind of tire themselves out. They let Greg pat himself on the back. Yeah. Well, look, 10 minutes in, we're winning possession. We're dominating the match. And then the first opportunity they had to counterattack, it's in the net. Like, that's naivete. Yeah. That is, that's stupidity. That's you believing your own thoughts of yourself in your program and not looking at it through the prism of where the Netherlands is as a soccer nation and where we are and what it was going to take to truly win that match. So who wins the World Cup now? Whew. I mean, I, look, Brazil. I, 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 I liked Argentina coming in, and the fact that Argentina had that debacle against Saudi Arabia in their first match and have bounced back, and Messi looks like he's a part of the group, not separate from the group. Like, I, I, I don't think you can discount their chances. I mean, France with Mbappe. I mean, Mbappe's the best player in this tournament. He looks great. Um, and I don't know what I'm watching. You know, watching those are three great. teams that, that come to mind. But, yeah, look, the U.S. will hire somebody else. The question is, are they willing to cede control of the program to pay the freight of what a top flight manager would cost and then to get your bureaucracy out of the way and, and let he or she do their thing? Inside Access here on a Victory Monday. We'll come back. It's time for six packs, and we'll do the defense first. Our six pack of defensive observations next here on The Fan. Inside Access. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.